welcome back to Clover's Corner. I'm Talia Heading, and this is a podcast where we talk about feelings, life, and pretty much anything. Clover was here a second ago, and once again, she is not on the podcast. So, that's a great start for episode two. So, where have I been? Where haven't I been is more of a <clears throat> appropriate question, honestly. Um... So, it's been like a month almost since the first episode of the podcast, and a lot has happened. I turned 25, which we can put in some congratulatory applause sounds right here. Um, yeah, actually, you know when people say, oh, do you feel different? Do you feel any older? Like, remember when you heard that as a kid? I actually do feel different, but I don't know if that's just because... Of the things that, um, unfolded. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just a bit... that better? Yeah, it's probably a bit better. Um, but yeah, so I turned 25. It was a normal birthday. I got a tattoo the day after, which is... For the view... um, for the listeners, not the viewers. It's a two-headed cow. It's really cute. It's inspired by a, sorry, I realised it wasn't near the microphone at all for that. Um, For the listeners, it's a two-headed cow, two-headed calf. Um, It's inspired by a poem by Lauren Giplin, Laura Giplin. I'll link it in the description because, yeah, I think it's Laura Giplin. And it's called Two-Headed Calf and it's basically the idea that a two-headed calf has no idea that it's different in any way and it doesn't bother him. And he goes on and lives his life. And, yeah. Sorry, it's been a minute since I've done this, so I'm a bit, like, <coughs> fidgety and stuff. Um, but before I turned 25, um, some things transpired, let's say. So, I was playing with my mum's friend's cat called Al Pacino, which is kind of ironic. We'll get back to that. Um, and we were playing, and it was all good, and he, like, gave me a few kitty cat scratches, and, but there was nothing really to be worried about until, like, days passing after. So, um... I had a few, like, bumps on my face. They were kind of like hives. I've got my notes of what happened day to day, so... <coughs> I'll bring that up as well. So, yeah. Two days before my birthday, I get, I'm playing with the cat and I get scratched. And there's not anything to worry about. And then about... Uh, let's see. Three or four days later, it was, like, very raised. And starting to get itchy all on my hands where I'd been scratched and on my face which I hadn't been scratched or the cat and I hadn't come in contact there but it was weird um it looked just like a reaction I had to moisturizer in 2015 where I had to go into where I had to go on penicillin and I'd never taken penicillin before and I'm allergic to it so I swelled right up kind of looked like that a little bit <clears throat> and yeah, so 
went to the doctors and got some antibiotics. But, um, foreshadowing, that didn't help. <laughs> so that, so it was like itchy and I thought that it was just like reaction to the cat somehow. But then the day after antibiotics, there was coughing and sneezing, which felt just like hay fever. But then the next day, so where, let's see, we're almost six days after all of this has started. And it's getting harder and harder to breathe when I'm coughing. Like, I can't catch my breath after. <coughs> and it's like getting a little annoying and a little bit scary, but like, I'm not too concerned. But then I was getting desperate. So then Sunday, so like exactly like a week after it had started, we're still dealing with this and it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. So it's like beginning of the day, morning, and every time I'm coughing, I can feel my throat getting tighter and tighter and it's getting itchy and it, the t it's like an itchy, can't, because it's in my throat, I can't, nothing's relieving it. I've tried cough medicine, antihistamines and all that and it was just like right in the middle of my throat and coughing just made it drier. It's getting really itchy so I was like, okay, I'm gonna call like a, on the phone doctor, you know where you ask about symptoms and they tell you what to do. <clears throat> and because my voice was now like sounded completely different they said you you should call an ambulance and it's like oh shit <laughs> that's not good so sorry this cord looks interesting is it better like this or that let's just leave it like that okay um <clears throat> so yeah, I went to the closest hospital to me and they were like, this is weird, the wait's really long, you should go to a priority clinic instead, because it's a Sunday, it's basically the only option, only other option I had. So I went there, and the doctors were kind of flawed to be honest, because they were like, cat scratch disease is not that uncommon, is when your body reacts to whatever the cat has under its claws, get, you get an infected scratch and that's kind of it, but they hadn't really heard of it affecting the throat before. They couldn't find any like research or articles about it. So I took some steroids and antibiotics and all that. And then they're like, go to the hospital, go to this other hospital, we'll call and let them know you're coming. So Declan and I make our way to the hospital I, th I decided to just go by myself after being dropped off because I knew it was going to be a long wait. So I'm in the waiting room and they check my um, my pulse and they give me some Panadol stuff and all that. It's about a two hour wait but it's a lot better than what could have been. And so I get taken... So Hang on. So I arrived at the hospital at like 5, so about 7pm I get in 
to a room. Um, if you haven't been into emergency, sometimes you get your own room, but this was like just sectioned off by curtains. <laughs> so, um, I get there and the doctor's like, yeah, this is strange because it's only your hands where you've been scratched and your face where you haven't been scratched and your throat and your voice sound really weird. So I got more steroids, more antibiotics, more of that stuff. And like it was slowly making its way better and then they're like, this this is pretty bad because now your lips are swollen. I'm going to put photos on the screen if you want to see them. But um, so then they put an IV in and pumped me full of Benadryl and you could see it in real time going down, which was crazy. <clears throat> So yeah, um, then they took my blood, which if you've never had your blood taken, it already feels really warm and weird, but when you haven't eaten all day and you're having an allergic reaction, it feels like someone's taking the life force out of you. It's the only way I can describe it. Like I felt like I was being turned off at the switch. And so I started moaning and making weird noises and I got extremely clammy and sweaty all over and they had to lie me down and then it was okay within like five minutes but um yeah there was nothing concerning in there oxygen is fine pulse is fine and all that and then um like sometimes my heart rate would be elevated but yeah so then I was in the hospital for like eight hours just living my life I guess and um yeah more steroids <laughs> like at this point I think I had like four or five steroid pills and antibiotics and all that and it was all the rash had like started to crust immediately it was pretty gross um and I could hear people screaming next to me like person on my left was some old lady being like why am I here? I don't want to be here. Person on my right had a tooth infection. And he was making these weird moaning noises. But then every time his wife was like, you're going to be okay. He was like, I'm not okay. And so like he was, he was well enough to talk, but didn't want to. And finally, after like six hours, I, can, I found a nurse. And they got me like some sandwich. They would like cheese, tomato and some meat in it. And I... It was the best thing I'd ever eaten in, in my life because I was so hungry. And then at uh, um, 2am I got discharged and basically the consensus is that I had gotten cat scratch disease and it had turned into staph that I'd gotten on my hands, face and in my throat somehow. Which is not good. And because it was weeping, and if I scratched it, it would weep more, that means it was golden stuff, which is really, really not good. Um, so then I kind of, um, I was feeling a lot better, but like sleeping was still pretty impossible. And for like a week after, like my face was slowly getting better but it wasn't quick enough like it like I've had when I had the other allergic reaction it was like took the antibiotics and within like a day it was almost completely gone 
Um, this has just like slowly been going away. And so then, because obviously if you have stuff on your face, if other things touch it, it's going to go other places. So <clears throat> it got in my eye and I got a stye. And it's still kind of there, but like I can't feel it anymore. But like if I flip the eyelid, I can see a bump. So then I had to take eye drops for that. And then I had to go back to the doctor and they're like, yeah, you need even more steroids. So I'm just... Arnold Schwarzenegger over here on the roids. Um, I've got so many creams, like, and stuff. Like, this is yesterday morning. My eye was killing me. My face was so incredibly itchy. Now, no itch, just really soft. And there's a few dry patches, but it'll go away. But the amount of creams and ointments and things I'm on, and have been on, I was on one antibiotic that didn't work then I was on <coughs> clindamycin I'm on prednisolone which is a steroid which first of all the antibiotic I had to take nine times a day that's how serious it was and the steroid I had to take twice a day which is crazy now it's only once a day but that's still pretty intense um then I'm on oh and then I've got um hydrocortisone cream I've got eye drops I've got two other forms of ointment. Look how big this is. Compared to my head. This is all ointment for my face. Like how many grams of this? This this is almost a kilo. This is 500 grams of ointment, of goo. 500 grams of goo. <clears throat> the, yeah, honestly, I'm just like, thank God we're almost over. Any type of skin thing, I can't describe. It is the worst feeling in the world. Like, it's not good. Like, the scratching, like the itch is bone deep and it will not go away until you draw blood. That's how itchy it is. It's like, it's awful. And so, and because I've had lots of weird <clears throat> skin things in the past, I've like, I know how horrible the feeling is. Like, as a child, I'd slap face before they knew what slap face was. And it's, if you don't know what it is, it's like a viral infection on your face. And it's like this, like hand marks. Um, I've had folliculitis, atopic derma uh, dermatitis, contact dermatitis, allergic reaction to penicillin, um, cat scratch disease. I always get the quirky, like, um, problems. I won't go into too much detail, but when I was allergic to penicillin, you can Google this, what if it, but if you search Bartholon cyst, that's a different kind of pain. I can't even, is not safe for work, Google, <clears throat> not safe to Google, um, but yeah, I'm recovering, I didn't die, thank God. <laughs> Uh. So yeah, what have you been up to? <laughs> oh man. Um. Yikes. So, I'm still waiting for Jeanette McCurdy's book. I, I got it for my birthday, but it hasn't come in yet. I'm excited for that. And I... What else did I get for my birthday? I bought myself Nikes, and I got this tattoo. 
So I feel like the best presents here, um, you get are the ones you give to yourself. But um, would not recommend the um, hospital trip on your birthday. You're 25, go to the hospital. And of course, my battery's flashing at me, which means we'll have to continue this tomorrow, which for you will be in like five seconds. So just stay put. And we're back, and look, we actually have the guest here this time, or the co-host, I should say. And she's gone, just like that. Just not interested. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, so, shifting is a bit... Something I want to talk about is when the music that you like disappoints you. As in, when a band releases a project you don't like, and we're excited for, or just for nostalgic reasons you were hoping to listen to, and it disappoints. So, um, Panic at the Disco, uh, they were kind of one of the biggest bands of emo culture at the time, in the early 2000s, and first two albums have a lot of nostalgia for a lot of fans and people, especially teens in the emo genre back then, and every album consistently gets lower and lower quality as we go on. The last album, I was like, I know he's trying, I know he's trying. This album, it's just, there was nothing to say. From now on, I'm going to do my music album reviews on the podcast just because it's easier and it makes more sense I think but um yeah there was just nothing to say I've never had that experience before really with music especially from a band that I like every song it was just repackaged from the last album like no originality there was n nothing new to say it was just it felt weird like I wasn't prepared or yeah, I wasn't prepared for the new album to come out. I didn't know he was making new music. And then it comes out and it's just... It's not even... Like, it's not bad enough to be bad because there's nothing there. I'm just surprised. I think, honestly, it's... Um, Brendan Urie's probably a bit scared to reinvent himself because first two albums... Um, Ryan Ross, former member, he wrote all the lyrics and then Brendan was just the singer and now Logan Clover. <laughs> and ever since then, um Brendan's been writing lyrics and I think he's just honestly lost ideas for writing. Like he doesn't have much to say. Which is disappointing because there are constant there are bands from that era that constantly reinvent themselves but still in a way where it's attainable from the old audience like perfect example Paramore um the self-titled album 
was just one step away from the previous music, it felt like. And then they gave you enough breathing room so then when After After came out, you're like, oh, this is the music I'm ready to listen to for the music that I'm interested in now. But it's still Paramore. <clears throat> Speaking of, they finally have new music coming out, which is exciting. But I'm not going to go through every band out there that has done this, but there's a lot of bands from, like, emo era where it's just like they don't have anything else and so they just either repackage everything they've done or go so far out that it is no longer the same band if you can hear that in the background clover is annoying blaze <coughs> yeah oh completely random in recent news i was on twitter this morning and even just this week, there's been, like, so many I love my wife guy celebrities that have been cheating on their wives. But, um, Ned from the Try Guys, famously I love my wife guy, caught cheating on his wife with his employee, which is really disheartening. But, um, this is a guy who famously, Buzz, on BuzzFeed and on their own channel, was constantly hyping his wife up. The family man, family guy, if you will. And, yeah, it's just sad. I'm so happy to see, though, that the other members um, got rid of him and didn't just stay with him because they're friends with him. You know, that's a common thing with... And she took my boot. Strange dog. Um, no, but famously, if um, anything happens with... A couple, it's always whoever's in the band, TV show, whatever production, um, they're the good guy and the other person's the bad guy, but it's good to see that this wasn't the case. Um, that's even like Adam Levine, if it's kind of old news now, but he was in girls' Instagram DMs flirting really weirdly and inappropriately and it's just... Just don't cheat. Like, if you're not happy, leave. Go to therapy with your spouse. Like, it's really easy not to cheat. It's actually one of the most effort you can put in a relationship is to cheat, almost. Clover's just teasing you now. She keeps coming in and out, but she doesn't want to be on camera today. Camera shy. <laughs> um... But with the cheating wife thing, that's even, like, throwing it back to the emo conversation. Um, Mikey Way from My Chemical Romance, like, pretty publicly was cheating on his wife with fans. And that's why the band broke up. And then now they're back together. But it was, like, I, I just don't know why you'd bother. Like, you're lonely on the road. I can appreciate that, but what is the point, even now, in 2022, of cheating when you know you're going to get caught? There are cameras everywhere, Twitter is an open app for anyone to use. Like, the receipts will come in and it's just, it's embarrassing. I can just, oh, I was just thinking though, 
it's even weirder if two people, like if the couple are both in the band or in the show or whatever, and then there's cheating going on, because that's messy. Because that's what happened with, no doubt, Fleetwood Mac. Honestly, pretty much every band, I mean, the Beatles, um, I mean, John didn't cheat on Paul, but he kind of did. <laughs> Clover, come here. Come here. No, she's gone again. Come here. No, not interested. Okay, so I'm gonna um, wrap it up here today. Sorry that this episode's a bit shorter, but um, yeah, still recovering. And gotta jump back on that horse somehow, so yeah. If you um, enjoy this podcast, please leave a review and five stars, because that's really helpful to promoting the podcast. You can also find me at Tamara on pretty much every social media and uh, Clover JRT on Instagram for Clover because once again she is not on the podcast right now. Thanks so much for joining me again for this episode. I will catch you next time. Bye!